A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the WWE Night of Champions review. I am Michael Sidgwick. I'm joined by fellow Dudley boy Michael Hamflit to discuss everything that has just happened on the show. But before we get into it, very quickly, if you are a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we preview and review Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Dynamite, Rampage, premium live events, pay-per-views, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week, not this week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Uh, let's go straight into overarching thoughts before yeah. we drill into the matches. Kick ass. Like, I thought this was a really strong show. Uh, look, we might as well start the review the same way we started the preview. The better these shows are, the more effective the sports washing is. Um, that's how it works. And they've tried to make them gradually more and more important. They are very valuable to WWE storyline canon at this point. This one in particular, probably more than any thus far. Yeah. Major title change and a really significant angle advancement as well. So you have to say all that with that kind of, almost like a quiver in my voice. of Like, oh, yeah, these really matter now. Like, this is super, super effective. Putting that to one side, this was super, super effective as a goddamn entertaining wrestling show. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Which sounds like the weirdest yeah, way to, it. again, so you always are trapped, as you should be. You should be conflicted. should be bittersweet. You should feel guilt for enjoying these shows as much as a lot of WWE fans in the last two um, Saudi shows in particular mm. do. Um, ultimately, for me, as good as it was, and for a WWE PLE, the standards of which are high these days, it yeah. was very, very good, reached almost the very best of a modern PLE, I still get a little bit, maybe bored is the word, uninspired, but it's a lot of the same. The matches are paced very similarly. Mm-hmm. You don't get a wide range of pro wrestling within um, these similarly paced matches. So for me, when you have the alternative and the range just isn't there, it can get a bit much of a muchness after a while, but when that style is consistently done very, very well indeed, if you're into that sort of thing and can just happily sit and just consume it, yeah. you probably had a fantastic time watching this. Uh, we'll go straight into it. I'm nowhere near as good as Adam Wilborn at his job, <laughs> so I can't go uh, move for move with these great dramatic rundowns. Wilborn can really capture the evidence oh, he nails it, story. Yeah. I can't do that. Um, I'll just give you my analytical thoughts, and then I'll hand over to Hamflip, a bit of crosstalk, whatever. It starts with the inaugural World Heavyweight title match. 
between AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. And I think the big takeaway here, for me anyway, is that Seth Rollins was all but guaranteed to win. Mm-hmm. So the trick was convince you that he's not yeah. for the sake of drama. And I thought they did a fantastic job of that. One of my favourite things in wrestling is when you see a... Uh, like a a move that is really dangerous but justified within the story of the match and it's yeah. not just done for the sake of popping a crowd um, and that was the AJ Styles release suplex onto the apron oh my God. to Seth Rollins because as soon as he hit that it did the job it justified the risk because it created this overwhelming sense of drama this doubt that Seth wasn't going to win the title mm-hmm. he eventually did after selling his knee very well it informed Every time he tried to hit a move, or more accurately, every time he couldn't or did and then had to sell. So there's lots of tension here, lots of doubt. And before it really kicked into gear, there were some fabulous counters. Yeah. Um, yes, this was an excellent wrestling match. This was a, yeah, this was an excellent wrestling match, which is kind of the best thing that Seth Rollins and AJ Styles could and should do yeah. together. So it was, I think, like... And, whether or not, like, you know, star, star ratings are what they are and people's different opinions are what they are. I don't know if these two are capable, especially within WWE and within the parameters that that implies, of having a match that people would deem on the absolute top tier of in-ring excellence. But they had, for me, the top tier of what these two can do together. I think the, the specific moments that the way, the rotation on the neck as he hit that apron to enhance the danger, and specifically the sequence in which Seth saw, like, wrenching the knee after the dive to sell that he couldn't hit the stomp to fold right into the calf crusher, had me for a second. I thought that, oh, I can't hit the stomp, and then AJ pouncing on that. I thought that could have been a finish. Like, in my head, for a split second, I was like, that's really creative. I didn't see them. I didn't see this coming, AJ being able to capitalise. So I, I have very little to add, truthfully, but it's it's lazy, lazy um, critical analysis of a Seth Rollins-AJ Styles match to do that. It was a Seth Rollins AJ Styles match. It was, but it really was. Yeah. It really was, and I just, I kind of, there was pressure on them to deliver that. You know, they're kind of like AJ Styles is advancing in years. Seth Rollins has kind of done everything there is to do as a WWE superstar, and very little of it feels brand new. And yet, this felt like a very fitting way to try and get this difficult and divisive title off on the best possible footing. And you can't understate that as well. It's a it's a bollocks prize at the end of the day and it's going to be the task of everybody that carries it to make you forget that. Yeah. And this match was the best possible way to do it. Um, unrelated to this podcast, but related to What Culture Wrestling, if you want to go get some great insights on some of the specific nature of the bumps in this match, go back and check out yeah. our What Culture live stream where we were privileged to be joined by Thunder Rosa who sat in on it and was like very open to our questions and the questions in the chat. She talked a lot about Nick stuff, high spots, and I think added great texture to be yes. able to watch this match live. So that'll be now on our YouTube channel. Then it'll be right at the beginning. So yeah, we had a sort of insight for that, and I think it reminds you like she was selling some of the uh, some of like the really violent corner spots. And I was like, that hurts. That's real. That's cool. Yeah. that's awesome. So like that was I thought that quite valuable as well. Yeah, we were joined, and it's surreal, but mm-hmm. we were joined by Thunder Rosa for the YouTube <laughs> live stream. Um, check it out and I completely agree she accentuated the draw when wrestlers sell um, yeah when wrestlers cringe at how perfectly timed a bump is knowing that they fear it going wrong Mm -hmm. it just added to like a sense of sort of uh, just competition and risk and drama and there was another point that Thunder made she did have her job to do yeah so she was limited in the appearance to only do the opener, but she did, again, accentuate it. 
One of my pet peeves in wrestling is if you forget to sell when the bell rings, because realistically you should be selling until you go through the curtain. Mm -hmm. And then she explained, when you win a title, the adrenaline and the endorphins take over. And if a body part is legitimately hurt, and all of it hurts when you're in the ring, even if you're only in storyline selling one, Mm -hmm. we know that wrestlers bump for a living. They're always carrying injury. She says, having been in that position, the the endorphins and the adrenaline take over. So you just stop selling because it doesn't hurt because you're so elated. Mm -hmm. So that was a really cool um, bit of insider perspective. Yeah. Um, The next match was Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch, and um, it wasn't very good. Just to go through it very briefly, so... They are basically doing this pretty boilerplate back and forth WWE match where there's not a great deal of substance to it story-wise. And I'll give Trish Stratus credit for her facial expressions. Mm -hmm. She seemed to be really enjoying herself, like really just relishing playing the role of heel. She was in it. I didn't, it didn't feel performative to me. No. I thought she was locked in. It didn't. There were elements where, all right, okay, this was a bit of a struggle in not a great way doesn't necessarily have to look clean as long as they are sort of emoting, Mm -hmm. which they were, but at various points this badly fell apart. Um, They completely broke the immersion at one point where they were going for Tristratus's where she gets the middle or top rope. Yeah. Flips up to deliver Hurricane Rana Mm -hmm. and Becky Lynch had to just grab her legs because there'd been some kind of timing snafu. She had to grab Trish's legs put them over her own head and just flip herself forward onto the canvas. It looked terrible. Mm-hmm. And there was a few moments where just nothing looked like it had hurt. Very obviously cooperative. The finish. So this is really well-timed in terms of... So Zoe Stark was revealed to be an ally of Trish Stratus. She was hiding under the ring. Mm-hmm. She emerged from it. Right when it was near the finish and Becky had the match won, she drilled her with that awesome finish. And by drilling, I mean she exploded Becky Lynch's face. She must have felt terrible. Yeah. It was one of those where words will be said. Hopefully it doesn't derail Zoe Stark because she's, considering she came from the NXT system or at least spent a long time there, you know, um, she's got a pretty faultless safety record. Mm-hmm. So this is probably an aberration. Um, but she hits a finish, the knee in Becky Lynch's face. It looks like she's done damage to more than one bone mm-hmm. in Becky's face. She looked like a mess afterwards. And that allowed Trish Stratus to win. So, yep, storyline advancement. If you're going to use Trish in this veteran role, you might as well have her endorse someone who needs to yeah. get over. This was rare for Triple H because so often he just signs or um, promotes or debuts a women's wrestler and they're just there they just mm-hmm. exist Candice LeRae is the preeminent example yeah. Mia Yim like there's a lot realistically um, Tegan Knox, at least and again this is not my favourite thing oh they've got a storyline <laughs> don't complain but it's a good one I yeah, think I think so too Zoe Stark was established as a brand new killer on Monday Night Raw and what you can very easily uh say it on television, and I imagine they will, by the way, is that when Trish Stratus was going out to the ring and talking about how Becky Lynch was the symbol of the disrespect that she's been shown by not being given credit and given sort of uh, the respect she deserves for everything she did in the women's division, while she was turned up on Raw, she's bumped into and met 
this new killer that did show her respect backstage. Yeah. You can absolutely believe those like those two things were happening in stereo, we just didn't see it. So we Stark was working raw in squashes and Trish was saying, like, why doesn't anybody pay me the respect? You can have that conversation in your head that we didn't need to see on camera of well, I respect you. Because I do. Because I do. And Trish being like, well, I like to cut your jib, kid. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, a, you know, plot is hatched. So I did like that, and it was obviously ultimately the highlight of the match. You know, it wasn't as well. It was almost stark, no pun intended, <laughs> the contrast in terms of... It was just all over the place. You either had the sloppiest, most cooperative, lightest work, mm. and then you had the most going too far physicality because you've botched it by hitting someone too hard. I desperately hope this isn't like, of all the people for this to happen to, Stark's one of the ones you want it to happen to least because her stuff really connects. She's got a real stiffness that I enjoy watching and I hope this doesn't wreck her confidence or doesn't get somebody backstage to tell her ease up a little bit because I like that about yeah. like her stuff. Ah, uh, no, this is not going to end up well. You couldn't see through it in NXT and she was one of the few you could say that about in that division and I don't want it to be like a... Right, you kind of failed your first test, yeah, yeah, up, yeah. and all of a sudden everything gets really light and see-through. I don't want that because otherwise, like good angle advancement. I don't need another Trish Becky match, but clearly Becky has found a new rival and a brand new pair and a combination that I want to watch. Well, so. you'll get Becky versus Stark, and then Becky versus Trish again. Yeah, That's yeah. just how these things go. Lita, com- Lita comes back for the tag. And how these or, things go? Interestingly, what if it turns out that um, Stark is credited for the Lita attack rather than it being Trish? You know, ah. that started all of that. You know. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. The no, next... I didn't see it coming. Like a nice twist. Yeah. The next match was physicality done safely, correctly, and brilliantly. It was Gunther versus Mustafa oh, Ali. Yeah. Over delivery out the air. This is absolutely fantastic. And I still don't understand this Positive Ali character, why they're going with it, if they're abandoning it. Why, if they're abandoning it so soon, have they bothered in the first place when the evidence of what Mustafa Ali can be was presented right in mm-hmm. front of their eyes by an excellent individual performance and it was even bettered by Gunther who was sensational it takes the expected route um, but it was thrilling and so well done that it didn't feel predictable or the thing that you have to do so Gunther dominates but not for that long briefly in the match Mustafa Ali keeps coming back into it he keeps using his smarts his athleticism his um, quickness to get ahead in the match progressively Gunther who just staggers without bumping because he doesn't waste a bump Hmm. why would you waste a bump not only for your body's sake but within the context of the match why would you waste a bump when done right and timed right and Gunther is a genius one bump can mean so much we were talking about this when we were streaming, which, again, you can watch on YouTube. Watch the way he staggers. Watch the way he's just not bumping yet because he's so invincible. Mm. He's so hard to chop down. When he finally does it to enable Ali to hit the 450 in a great near fall, yeah. the camera pans to the audience and they're completely on their feet as if to say, how have you chopped him down mm-hmm. and can you actually beat him? And then there's an awesome spot with a just awesome shotgun dropkick. And Gunther's body language is so great. The man looked irate at the idea that he's competitive with me. Yeah. And he's just getting furious, chopping his head off with lariats all over the show. And he ultimately gets the win with the powerbomb. Yeah, and the power stack. Bomb, yeah. But his facial expressions, his body language, his when to feed the comeback, when to do that bump where it's like oh my god he's on his back mm-hmm. how many flat back bumps do you see yeah. and Gunther can make it so when he goes on his back 
Oh, he's, he's on his back. <laughs> I see back. I see flatbacks. Of course, you go every for every day of the week. Literally, this is so good. How like he gave Ali the um, Larry kick out as well, which I think was um, like notable because obviously that was what put Sheamus away in their classic, and it's basically been established now as one of Gunther's what three or four finishes. Um, so again, it's like Gunther. He doesn't. It doesn't feel like Gunther carefully picks. Oh, you know, ahead of this match, I'm going to use this finisher this week. He's just got seven or eight death blows in the yeah. arsenal, and he'll be opportunistic and use the one that he thinks is going to work. So you can do like finisher kickouts, and it not feel anything like a finisher kickout. It gets the drama and the, the sort of the agony and the ecstasy all over again. It's sort of I feel like we're entering that um, cliched sports reporter Leo Messi. What more can you say about Gunther yeah. era? Like, every single one of these title matches gives you that range of emotions from the television TV title matches to the WrestleMania ones, the PLE ones. There's nothing he can't do. There's no style he can't work opposite. There's no, um, yeah, but will this bit of his act work in WWE left at all? Um, yeah, it's, I eagerly await the extremely exciting run-up to breaking the Honky Tonk Man's time. Yeah. I don't know, 100 days or something, whatever we've got left. Hope we can do it. Um, Matt Riddle, oddly, who I think will be, you know, regardless of your feelings on Matt I think will be a tremendous babyface in the role. At this point, will be cast as a massive spoiler to me if he was to stop this rain in its tracks. Yeah. Gunther needs to beat that Honky Tonk Man record and the conversation of greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time shouldn't be a heels catchphrase from 1988 with an incredible payoff of the Ultimate Warrior. It should be Gunther, because he's every greatest Intercontinental Champion, yeah. he has at long last killed the conversation that has to end with Brett, Sean, perfect, because it goes Brett, Sean, perfect, 20 years later, yeah. Gunther, Gunther. Like, yeah. like we need to just do away with all of that, and we're like, the belt's back, because look at what just happened, yeah. he's, he's incredible, he's absolutely incredible, and the only way I want to see him leave that belt behind is when the next one awaits. That's the natural progression of this character is to hold this title for so long that like he becomes a tribal chief style WWE champion of a, of a different kind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we talk a lot about the insidious nature of these Saudi shows. It would not surprise me in the least if there was the one time they carefully build a long-term plan, at least under the Vince era, because mm-hmm. that's when this propaganda relationship was first established. Like it would never do storylines for this long. There's probably been internally a, right, okay, how can we normalise this? Well, mm. we just be insidious, of course, and make it deliberately wacky. And then we'll start to get more matches that aren't something you'd see in a Newcastle House show in 2008. Yeah. Uh, or just some ridiculous SEO grab of greatest mm. Royal Rumble or whatever. And now they're slowly becoming canon. Not only do you get women's matches on the show now, not only do you get more, uh, multiple women's matches on the show now, you're now having Saudi Arabia is the site of the conclusion of a massively long title reign. And that mm-hmm. happened here um, when Asuka defeated Bianca Belair. The match, this is when I was like, getting a little bit right, come on, I need a squash here. Yeah. Or I need a match with a different kind of stylistic bend to it. Or just something different because, again, it was back and forth. It was another um, following on from Ali versus Gunther. It was another 
battle between someone who's strong and someone who's got a way to neutralize that strength. Yeah. It's different because Asuka uses her um, like submission prowess and her ability to use someone who's more powerful than her, that sort of power and weight like against them with her ruling submission holds and the like. This wasn't quite as good as their WrestleMania match, but the finish was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So this is... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But where Asuka attempts to mist Bianca, but misses and Bianca is assured that, all right, okay, I've got to wear, I want her, she can't use her last resort because it's already emptied out of her mouth, and somehow there's more mist yeah. that pools out of Asuka's mouth, which is revealed when she is selling by the ropes. She coats her fingers with the, with the not the goo, the mist. Chilly mist, isn't it? We know it burns mist. the eyes. Yeah. yeah, coats her fingers with it so that when... And then she lulls Bianca Belair, and it keeps the baby face smart mm-hmm. because she thinks, well, you missed, you only get one chance at this, and it's gone. So she puts her up for the um, KOD, which again, her face is away from her, so she can't miss to yeah. counter, except she can. She rakes Bianca's eyes with the mist, burns them, and then gets the win. Yeah, kicks, like, a, kicks her head off. Yeah, right. kicks her head off as well for the finish before the pinfall. This is a phenomenally creative finish, the likes of which I can't believe WWE booked it was that clever because they protected the babyface for me. I didn't think, are oh, you idiot, no. Bianca Belair? Yeah. Because I'd never seen that before. So how could have Bianca Belair thought? It's like, if you saw a... I've seen a million musical entrance theme distraction finishes. Yeah. So I do think the people who fall for them are idiots. Bianca Belair's no idiot because this was so creative and I've never seen it before and I was genuinely I'm never really that impressed by WWE Mm. I always think it's good they don't redefine anything they don't push the envelope they don't really think that deeply like look at the trilogies they do they don't think deeply it's just that it's in their template this was so creative yeah I would call this a collector's item on Twitter because I just sort of thought it was creative 
in like in its execution and its construction, but it was gutsy as well. Like it's the end of Bianca Belair's title reign, a title reign. The longer these reigns go, as we find with Gunther and with Roman, and it's a thing that WWE like at the moment. The longer they go, of course, the harder they are to end because you've got to do it in a way that feels emotionally satisfying, in a way that doesn't betray all the weeks and months that have come before it. And I just thought this was a genuinely gutsy move, but not one that lacked credibility whatsoever. Yeah. Asuka, if you analyse this story for what it is, Asuka went into WrestleMania thinking she could play a crap head game with Bianca Belair, went toe-to-toe with her physically, and lost. So she's gone back to the drawing board. She's got meaner, nastier. She's got a deadly mist. And plan A was to just miss her in the face and beat her for the title. But she's now wily enough to have a plan B because plan A didn't work at WrestleMania. No plan A worked at WrestleMania. Yeah. So now she's like, she's figured everything out and she's in, you know, we've said this for years about WWE offering actual committed finishes. Is Bianca Belair any less the EST for losing this manner? Absolutely not. Yeah, no. She's not stupider. She's not weaker. She's none of those things, but she has been beaten because as well, that mist in the eyes is the defining moment of the match. But Asuka's impactful like flurry of kicks that put her down shows that man if only she could have done it fairly she might have beat her with that yeah, yeah. but she's had to resort to that because Bianca's beaten her at Wrestlemania love the story um, and love love that like Bianca's lost truthfully like this character I love Bianca Belair's big matches who doesn't you can't not yeah. they're, they're incredible but this I can't believe I'm going to say this this character might have needed some adversity to motivate the creative team to think of ways to yeah, write yeah, for her yeah. because she's not a TV character with much agency. They don't treat that character with enough respect. So I hope we get a bit more of this now that she's got something to fight for. Yeah, absolutely. In a match that I'll probably be grateful for in, in retrospect when Rhea Ripley does have someone take it to near a limit because it'll mean something. Mm. They established the fact that she's the... That you can't mess with her. If you're not on a level, she will kill you. Yeah. And she beats Natalia in a minute. Any thoughts? Uh, Dominic Mysterio was piss funny. Yeah. Both at the start and the end. So how he distracted her uh, is just his face, his ratty little face. And then as Rhea gloated over a devastated Natalia, he jumped into Rhea's arms. And Rhea bent over to mock Natalia. And he somehow kept himself up in the air like a baby would. Legs. Yeah, up, yeah. Like making, maximising his minutes, basically. Um... For this to be as effective as it was, Rhea's got to have that awesome physical presence, and she did. Yeah. This was an absolute ass-kicking, yeah. and everything we wanted, everything we hoped. Like, I just didn't want to be patronised No, I did not want to be patronised with the idea that, because WWE just likes doing endless back and forths with the same pacing, and I just would not have believed it, but it's what they do, so yeah. this is a good subversion. Absolutely, yeah. Nothing else to add, but nor should there be. I preferred the second Brock Lesnar-Cody Rhodes match to the first. Mm. Uh, Lesnar defeats him. Um, what happens is the story of the match is obviously Cody Rhodes has got a storyline broken arm in some really well-delivered um, and well-timed suplexes. Cody lands on the arm the entire oh, time. Yes. Then Brock locks in the Kimura. Now, I've got a lot of latitude towards wrestling. I find it easy to suspend my disbelief. Mm-hmm. I just do. It was getting a bit much for... If it was just a healthy arm before the match and he did the whole bit where he withstands the pain of the Kimura and he reaches to the ropes after like a minute of being locked in, you could put your wrestling brain on 
and say, well, it's wrestling, dickhead. It's not <laughs> MMA. These two things are different for a very good reason. So, of course, you can fictionalize it. Of course, you can, um, for lack of a better phrase, take the piss a little bit with how much things in reality heard mm-hmm. because it's wrestling and it's got its own weird, like, context completely unique to itself where there's no correct answer on how to do it hence yeah. why the fandom is so bad so I understand why it might have worked for you I understand why you might have rolled your eyes I wasn't necessarily rolling my eyes because I was just quite into the match and Cody's so good at selling but this to me felt like um, one of those things that will add up to make fans maybe resent Cody for this sort of he's the bravest, he's the mm. smartest, mm-hmm. he's all the rest of it. So this kind of happened to him in AEW. Maybe it will happen, and this will be one of those just little factors that adds up and converges to to turn him or to split the audience or whatever. But after that first Kimura, there's some cracking near falls mm. where he's waiting for the pass out. You're waiting for the WrestleMania 13 finish. But before that, uh, there was certain um, crossroads where he thought, "Oh, that could be it as well." So yeah. they had me on strings for this, and yeah. They are running the risk because it's happened and it happens with a lot of wrestlers. Cody's not um, unique in this regard of if you take the mick and give them babyface characteristic upon babyface characteristic, it can add up. But maybe that's a a discussion point for another time. No, that's a really great take. I think it's not. It didn't feel like it in the match, but these things are kind of a death by a thousand cuts situation. You almost don't know that it's happening until it's too late. Cody's in AEW for as an example of that playing out in front of our very eyes was in the face of the Revolution ladder match when he was selling an injury. They weren't booing him when he was coming out, but then he was like, oh, Cody's hurt again. It's yeah, what yeah, a hero. Yeah, yeah. It felt very played out, and that was the moment, really, that turned... Just Terry Funk and Steve Austin and yeah, all of them. You can't you can't have a lot. Like, So I hope that this isn't a sign of things to come, and it's just more something that makes sense within the context of this feud. Um, I thought Brock was excellent again. Brock's having a really good year. Um, he, It's clear how much in real life he respects... Cody Rhodes in what he's offering to these matches and what he's offering him physically um, super committed uh, to the facials to the the WWE brand shock but it's always interesting when Brock Lesnar does it yeah like Brock Lesnar can do shock kick out faces all day because you would be shocked if somebody kicks out when you're Brock Lesnar yeah, yeah, yeah. The Undertaker didn't so like you know like you should be shocked forever when somebody kicks out your F5 or whatever it might be the suplexes on the broken arm were so inspired yeah. they slowed one down so you could luxuriate in there Oh no, if there's any bones that haven't been shattered in the arm, yeah. now they're broken. Like, So I just thought they played with the theatre and the pantomime of this really well. I'm somebody that doesn't particularly worry about the the tap-out stuff and how long is too long and all that. It's a context thing. Like Sometimes it feels silly, sometimes it feels protracted, sometimes it feels absolutely... Some people don't like the Sean and Kurt Angle WrestleMania 21 one. You know, that's it's, yeah. it's not to everybody's taste. Um, it's just for the broken arm especially. Yeah. It was like, just a bit right... I know what you're doing here. You're trying to make us believe in Cody, but doing it over three months so you've got three matches out of it. That's the thing. Like, I already believe in Cody. Like, I, at the moment, am fighting to believe in Cody, not because of a broken arm, but because they lost to Roman Reigns. Yeah, I know. That's what I want to fight to believe in Cody for. So you do have to be a little bit careful with that, but I think, like, Cody, for a while, this won't last forever because we've said this on a million different podcasts, you cannot live by it, it'll be all right on the night, but right now, Cody's matches is just delivering in drama out the air, so like, yeah. he's, he is not a man, you know, like, you know, and there's still time, but you know how there was a lot of conversation about, eh, would Cody really be where he was for WrestleMania 39 if he hadn't got the injury, we'll never know that, 
But the run continues in earnest, and it's still hot. It's still magic. Yeah. Like he comes out, and he's still their top he's star. Still, still, still their, he's still their champion elect. I just yeah. wish he was their champion. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. This is true. The main event was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against Roman Reigns and Solo Sikawa. <laughs> and if you have seen one Bloodline match and loved it, you will like this because realistically, there is one Bloodline match. Yeah. This is a bit more dynamic, obviously, with it being a tag team match. Um, I didn't count the amount of time that elapsed between... All right, okay, it's starting because here's the first entrance. No, here's the video package. Here are the entrances and here's the bell. But, Mike, I was flagging badly. <laughs> and it's like, I'm watching this at, like, quarter to one. Yeah. I didn't get much sleep. But my, and it is exhaustingly hot, but it just goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. And um, the live crowd loved it. The live crowd luxuriated in the anticipation of the first Roman Sammy showdown. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns was obviously going to tag out and take ages doing it. And it's in character. He has to create this facade of being in complete and utter control because that's how he controls you. Mm-hmm. And he just, it's all about control to him. I get it. You can shave three minutes off the friggin' thing, in my opinion. Um, but the work's good. It's really well built. The crowd are absolutely hugely into it. Um, Kevin Owens kicks ass when he finally gets the hot tag. It's a bit where Roman Reigns, after you know someone else has done the work for him, has Solo Sokoa tag him in so he can beat up Sami Zayn, and he just does a no-look tag. Yeah. As if to say, I'm so confident in my ability to win this match, to just toy with Sammy, he's so much weaker than I am, I've beat him before, all the rest of it. They doesn't even care how close he is to Kevin Owens. Yeah. And then when Kevin Owens actually gets the hot tag, he reminds him brutally that, no, you should care where I am. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of really good stuff here. And then the ref bump happens. Audible groan, I just want to switch it off, I'm just not into it, why isn't there a replacement referee? If you think about it too deeply, and yes, I admit I do, they should have realised, hang on, there's lots of ref bumps. Have a standby ref. <laughs> but you can't have a standby ref because you have to have the monologues. Mm-hmm. You have to have the acting. And the acting here is um, the Usos come out. They go and assist the bloodline. They go to double super kick Sami Zayn. He ducks. They hit Solo. Roman Reigns hasn't seen their attempts to hit Sammy first, so he just thinks they've turned heel. Mm-hmm. He goes ballistic, he pie faces Jane in a really cool twist. It's Jimmy who super kicks him. I've had enough. Yeah. I've had enough. Come on, we can't keep doing this. Kicks Roman in the face. He can sell pain and shock and I'm going to kill you all mm-hmm. all at the same time because he's fantastic. Like Roman Reigns' body language on the whole night. Like even when Sammy was making his entrance, he was yeah. just grinning. Mm-hmm. And then the finish to finish again uh, it left basically so Solo was for dead off the super kick obviously um, he sold that for too long compared to how other moves get in the referee was in a coma yeah Roman was it's, not it's contrived is what it is uh, they, it's good but it's contrived it's basically like because I think because like it's not so much cinema at this point as is live theatre you uh, needed to clear the other talking props from the stage in order to give it to uh, Roman and the Usos and once Roman was booted to the floor with one last super kick from Jimmy Uso, sort of the players cleared and it allowed the space for Owens and Solo to be back in the ring. And Owens pinned him. No, did uh, Sammy hit the Aluva kick? Yeah, yeah. Simon, that was it. Um, but Solo was as good as done off the back of yeah, the was super kick drama. Done, yeah. Roman was like, so, like not in a position to be able to help, certainly, yeah. obviously, as well. Um, uh, like, I said this the other week about 
when they sort of announced that there was going to be this tag match, and I was like, I like this new development, and I like it even more now. It worked on me here because I had horrific anxiety that panicking in the moment, Jay was going to super kick Jimmy. Yeah. You know, for like the... Because the, the, the replaying of the Sami Zayn turn was quite fantastic here. Yeah. Jay, having like watched Sami turn, is really genuinely conflicted. Oh, God, Sami, what have you done? This time around, he shouldn't be conflicted, should he? He was like, Jimmy, thank, thanks, Jimmy, I love you, thank you so much. But instead, it was like... Oh God! What have you done? What are we all doing? Jimmy's a wreck. Uh, Jay's a wreck. Yeah. Jay is a complete wreck. Roman's had him on strings. It's good. it's like this was much needed after you always call it out, and you're right too. This is it can't always just be staring at your feet. Sometimes, no. sometimes your acting and your actions have to be related to something, and this time it actually was yeah. like a significant development. You know where Roman's going to go on to SmackDown, supposedly having his thousand day celebration, and now what? You know, yeah. like, this is massive. This is going to be a draw for Friday night. Um, Sammy and Kevin have finally finished. Hey, man, like, it was almost frustrating um, that the video package was as long as it was. That You know, the Roman Reigns entrance is what it is. I think for the live crowd, it's part of the spectacle, isn't it? But I, too, was kind of, right, come on, let's get the match going. Yeah. And then I wanted to kind of live in Sammy Zayn's moment forever. Yeah, because, it was like, so nice. He played out his entrance. You could see how significant it was for him to be there. And then he did the introduction. Like he'd, Paul Heyman had done his usual spiel. And then Sammy Zayn took the microphone, did his own one in Arabic for the crowd and introduced the tag team, the champions, obviously him and Owens. It was really quite powerful for him, especially. So that was quite nice. Made them feel all the more made as tag team champions and top guys. Strong, really strong storyline main event, even if... The in-ring stuff is... I only think it stands up to a view and once, truthfully. Like the it Roman, does lots of little things really well, but it's so formulaic. Yeah, like it's great while it's happening, but you realise you've kind of... Right, I've enjoyed that, worked, Roman Reigns, bit of fun. I'll see you for the next one. Yeah. Like, it's, it's you've got to care about the stakes and the opponents and the ramifications and all the sort of spider-webby bloodline stuff, and that's why it is as effective as it is in the moment. I'd Like, I... I'm becoming aware that I'm not sure how much they stand up after the fact. Yeah, very much so, especially when they're all exactly the same and they contrive these ref bumps in every single match mm. just to get to the bit where they stare at each other and don't know what to do and are yeah. conflicted. And it's, I find it really annoying. It's one of those where, in the moment, I was like, oh, wow, Jimmy's done that. Yeah. That's cool. But then I think back on it, I just think it's so unbelievably contrived. And um, it just... I'm never, I can never escape these performers, Heyman, the, like Hayes in production, just loving this and thinking they're so much cleverer than they actually are. Yeah. They think they are actually doing cinema. They do. And the amount of times they've done a ref bump, it's like, well, do a new film then. Ah, uh, yeah. in order to make a new film because I'm sick of this one. It's, it's soap. It's soap and wrestling. And that's fine. Done well, and it's fine, and that's yeah. what it is. But my God, I just kind of get over this, like, cloying idea that it thinks it's so much cleverer than it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm being harsh, but it's the most divisive story, not the best. It's the most divisive story in wrestling. If you think this is cinema, it was cinema. If you think it's an excuse for them to act and do it, Poorly, more poorly than virtually any other, like, good sitcom, yeah. even drama, film, whatever. You're not going to have changed your mind, but you might be way more interested in this week's SmackDown than any after WrestleMania. So it's yeah. probably a big win in that regard. Things are like, things are like, 
moving forward. They're accelerating at a point that I didn't expect with the bloodline. And good. Like, that's a reasonable expectation to have after you decided to do what you did at WrestleMania. Like, the art, like, it was almost insulting to try and keep things on pause. Yeah. Like, let's get on with this. If that's what, if you're keeping him as champion, let's do the other stuff instead. Let's, yeah. like, have the drama play out. So, I, like, I felt, I, like, I left this feeling quite satisfied as an angle advancement, something big that I was encouraged to tune in for, and I got it. Yeah. Like, I did feel rewarded for my experience, and, um, yeah, you know, you're right, I think, in calling it divisive, but this last sort of two weeks is the most it's felt on track since Sammy was booted out of it. Yeah. For me. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's one of those, you're not going to change your mind about it, I don't mm-hmm. think, one way or the other, whether you like it or not, uh, to that end. What did you think of it? What side of the divide do you fall on? You can let us know underneath the Twitter link to this podcast at WhatCultureWWE. Whilst you're there, you can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at um, Sitchwick. Um, coming up later, imminently, we are previewing AEW Double or Nothing, after which, when the show happens, we will review it as well. So make sure to stay tuned to your podcast feeds and subscribe to them for that. In the meantime... We would not be in sunny Las Vegas right now without your continued support. And we'd just like to reiterate how grateful we are for it. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.